to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, and Ron Powers. Hey, I'm not sure what happened there. It just started and jumped off and back on. Caught us all off guard there. Oh, man. Once again, this just is, excited, excited about the roar. It gets us going. It gets us focused. It reminds us what we're about here, waking, waking the bear up. It's a pretty, a pretty awesome task, uh, fun task. Good to be on here with you guys tonight. Uh, good to um, be all together again, right? We haven't been together in, in like five weeks. Five weeks, yes. It's been, uh, it's been a while. And even that, uh, Chris is not in her home down the street. She's a little bit farther away, but... Uh, in different time zone but she is coming and so uh it's nice to have all three of us here i i i like the trio it's a, a good uh balance so yeah. love the synergy we have together yep yeah. definitely that's so good yes. yes yeah i am a few time zones away but uh i'm waking some bears in this time zone so uh they're coming out of hibernation so it's <laughs> uh the the message is spreading a little wider and further than california there you go yeah. well luckily we cover a lot of issues that are worldwide i would say you don't even have to be in california uh that's kind of where we're all from and and we focus on that at times but uh definitely you could be anywhere in the world and you will get something out of this podcast. And so uh, we invite you, uh, like, subscribe, do all those things to help support our channel. It would really help us. Uh, we are trying to grow um, this this channel. So, yeah. Bless yeah. you, Brian. Brian, Brian Brandon, know, now you got sneeze. me all tongue-tied here. Achoo! Yes. So uh, I tell you, it's been a um, – been a interesting week you know i got back from that mission to africa we talked yeah. a little bit about it but then i i took another week just to get back into the groove you know sleeping patterns and all that stuff actually just to be safe you know i was reading a bunch of stuff i wound up taking even an ivermectin uh you know i was watching some i have a friend that's going through some health crisis and i uh, got me you know looking at the chlorine dioxide which i i went to their house today and gave it to them um you know, but um, I started listening and they, they mentioned ivermectin and man, you should take it, you know, once in a while just to clear things out. And I had all this exposure to parasites. So I took it, you know, just one pill. And I tell you, I, I, I feel, I feel better actually. Uh, not that I was feeling really bad, but there's a difference. And so uh, maybe I had something, I don't know. Well, but here's something, something that goes along with that. Did you know that the Mayo Clinic is now saying that hydrochloroquine may also be used to treat coronaviruses. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> yeah. Hydrochloroquine is, is now Mayo okay. Clinic. Oh, well, you know, it actually it can actually treat coronaviruses. Well, that, I think, yeah, at one point that was uh, Fauci's top finding at one time before he wanted to force the vaccine. Boy, you know, I've been reading that book, the real uh, Anthony Fauci. Uh, I got it on Audible and when I commute to work. Uh, it's a perfect time, and I'm about a third through. It's a 27-hour uh, read, but wow. uh, man, I, I tell you, I I think if anyone should be behind bars or even worse, um, it would be would be him. Uh, they really, really got rid of anything that was a, a preventative, anything for early treatment. You do not do it. Even vitamin C and vitamin D, they would not. You know, the hospitals would not push it at all. 
And it was just vaccine. That was it. Just, you got to take our vaccine. Wow. And that was it. And it's it, it, despite all previous, uh, you know, research and stuff like that. So, so far I'm just like, I'm nothing really new, new, but, um, yeah. he, Robert, Gen, uh, Kennedy Jr. He, he really covers a lot of, uh, detailed, uh, lab results and experiments and studies, you know, a lot with, uh, Peter, Dr. Peter McAuliffe, you know, and his findings and things like that. So it's really neat to see that contrast. And then he's doing a chronological, you know, on this month, this was ha happening. And this is their policy. But we found that this study, these people were doing, you know, under the undercover and found that it was, you know, 100 times better, things like that. It was really, uh, it's been very informative. Did well, you go uh, into the, the WHO, you know, Tedros's very diabolic work on humans in Africa with the HIV and how Fauci started Um some of that work with Tedros too. And just, was that covered in the book at all? I believe it is covered. I'm not there yet. Um, there's so much, I mean, I still have about 14, 15 hours worth of uh, read left. And so I am sure it will be covered because I think I've heard some people comment about that where it goes into the history of uh, Fauci. I think right now it's just the pandemic that they're focused in on and um, the scamdemic. And so- mm -hmm. Yeah, but I'll let you know. Well, I mean, speaking of the the book, you know, we are getting ready to show some some more films. The Wake the Bear Radio does a, a movie uh, feature a film festival, and uh, we will we'll at some point probably be doing the real Dr. Fauci or the real Anthony Fauci, which is actually a four part. Um, it's a four part movie. Actually, I was I was watching them previewing them. They, they had number one, but there's actually four of them. So anyways, that's that's on. we're planning to show that at some point. But this week, we're actually going to be showing um, the, the kind of the film that started a, a lot of the a lot of us down the path, down the rabbit hole, which is the movie um, Out of Shadows. So we're going to be showing that one at um, at Convergence coming up here. I actually have a slide for this one. Um, yeah. Coming up on Friday, September 29th, 6 p.m. at uh, Convergence. Um, you know, this viral film that Mike Smith kind of got it started. The um, a, a Hollywood award-winning stunt uh, man and stunt coordinator. He did a deep dive and started waking a lot of people up to the, what's going on with Hollywood and the whole sex trafficking and the the, the just the, the, the evil that's behind a lot of the stuff we're seeing with the Mockingbird media. So... We're going to yeah. get a chance to, you know, to show this. And I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah. I got a, a trailer loaded up for you. You did mention it. So I thought I'd find one real quick. I did go to the website. So uh, let me, let me go with that real quick. Sure. He's picking up speed. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. Past 28 years, I've probably had one of the coolest jobs in the world. U.S. intelligence was was using motion pictures uh, to alter the thinking of, of Americans in the United States. There's a very small group of people that influence all the companies that we watch. Exactly what people think, and this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. Just disconnect for five minutes to figure out. What if I've been lied to? What if? 
Excellent. Sorry, I'm not sure what's going on here. Yeah, no, no problem. So yeah, so that's the that's the the trailer to the movie, and we'll be watching it. Um, Five thirty, we're actually going to have Festa Coffee from one of the uh, organizations in the mall. Kind of, they're going to have some food to buy. So if you're coming from work, you can come and grab some food from Festa Coffee there inside Convergence, and then we'll do introductions, previews, and then at six thirty, we'll show the movie. So. Uh, it's going to be a great time. We'll have Q&A at the end. And I really want to encourage people out there to bring your unconvinced friends. Bring your, your friends that are like, hey, you've been trying to convince them of this. And they really just they really are not sure, you know, that, you know, of some of the stuff that's been going on in our government and, and the media. Um, give, them, give them a chance to see one of the films that woke me up and uh, woke up a lot of us. You know, I think it was monumental for me. So, you know, Wake the Bear kind of came very quickly after this. And uh when we all just decided, man, this COVID thing does not smell right. There's something wrong with all this. And uh, it kind of started us. Some of us were already there. And Ron, I think Ron and Chris were already there. But I, I, I came to become awake um, because a lot, lot, greatly because of this film. So, And if you can't um, make it on Friday, we really recommend that uh, you can watch this on the Internet and to just have some friends over because I know it was one of the first – Further wake-ups for me was uh, watching this with a friend and having a safe place to talk about it. And uh, you you also need a little bit of a safe place when you take that red pill in you know in increments. You can uh, it, it can be very uh, unnerving if you're not with people that uh, are friendly to you and that you can talk it over with when you understand how dark. The darkness is and and there are levels all three of us and i know our listeners too um are coming to new levels of darkness when you realize i knew it was bad i didn't know it was that bad and that's not a a message of doom that's a message of reality you want to know uh truly assess what your enemy or what if you're being invaded you want to know what what the odds are what you need to fight back how to strategically and tactically move forward and so this is a great one to help people get those early red pills uh without uh without too big a jump because the the um documentation on it and the the personal testimony on it is so compelling so true. yeah Definitely is. You know, I know a lot of our audience probably has seen it already, but you know what? This was one of the best made films to really wake people up. Yeah. I remember it very clearly. I've seen it a couple of times. And, you know, there's so many people that are just at that level where you were years ago, and this would be the perfect movie. And so, you know, I know a lot of times we're on to the next thing. Hey, let's see the next movie, the mm -hmm. next. But, you know, it's it's not always time to preach to the choir. We already know these things. We've seen these things. This is the perfect movie to say, Hey, I'm going to encourage somebody that has not seen this to see this. Right. And so I would, I definitely would encourage you to, uh, speaking of that, wasn't uh, Maria Bravanovich on featured on oh, that too, as well. Yeah. If I remember right, she was, and it's a great lead into a story that just happened this week where Zelensky had actually asked her to represent uh, Ukraine, be an ambassador for Ukraine to help wow. rebuild their schools. And uh, this lady is is pretty dark. Um, she's an artist, 73-year-old artist. Wouldn't want her in any school. 
I mean, These are here you have this party with Lady Gaga, you know, and this this mannequin that looks like a person, uh, in blood, you know, in blood, and you scoop it out and drink it, you know, yeah. and that's that's the kind of thing. And her, her art is just really, uh, you know, she's known as people have labeled her as a spirit cooker. You know, she she grabs a lot of uh, let's just say bodily fluids and mix them all together to make a, a drink and cook it, and you know that's her art and her art is just, and she, right there she's holding a horns, but it's actually a skinned head of a, I don't know, of a goat or, or, you know, just really dripping with blood and, and things like that. You know, that, that, that to me is just very dark. Yeah. Um, the word, the word spirit cooking comes from Aleister Crowley and his making of the occultic group called the Thelema. And basically they, the spirit cooking is, is, is taking human bodily fluids and creating food out of it and then making people eat it. Or having people eat it, yeah, um, almost like an unholy Eucharist, um, and it's mm -hmm. it's pretty bizarre. It's pretty dark. It's, it's definitely Satanism, um, and of course we've we've we know that there are emails that link back to Abramovich to Podesta, Podesta, and, and um, Hillary Clinton, and the, that whole un, unholy uh, group. So alliance, yeah. yeah. I would I'd reframe that she's an artist. Uh, she has a craft. But it's um, it's yeah. out of witchcraft, and the the sorcery, and that when you you know so that's part of witchcraft is you do potions, you do uh, you do your brew, and uh, when you and basically what she is putting forward is cannibalism. It's very much um, what was the concern about taking vaccines with embryos in them. You know, it's not very far reach from why many people are against vaccines is because they have uh, embryonic cells, baby cells, cells from human children in them. And uh, it's not just some of them are not just stem cells. And so uh, to, to research some of the things that have and are occurring that uh, part of what she um, represents is trying to normalize something so um, uh, so wicked as cannibalism and drinking blood and adrenochrome and eating flesh and um, the, the whole idea of getting used to consuming uh, things that are abominations to God and they're just to, to normal society, right. but it's part of the breakdown of society. And it's why, why did you bring up her name? Let's go into that. I brought her name up just because of the movie uh, Out of Shadows. I think she was featured in that, and I, oh, the and the reason why I brought her up too is because she was asked by Zelensky for Ukraine to be an ambassador to Ukraine. Yeah, and so it. that tells me that's a red flag. I mean, I've already had enough red flags, <laughs> but you know, if, if you're uh, if you're you know, trying to support the war in Ukraine, you know, I know there's even churches saying, Hey, we need to support, you know, Putin bad and, mm -hmm. and, uh, Zelensky good. And, but everything I've seen with Zelensky and the corruption, I mean, it's probably the, one of the most corrupt countries in the world, bribes, money laundering. And to ask somebody that is definitely known, this isn't like something that was in the closet because I think, um, Microsoft, had her in an advertisement or something yep. like that yep. a couple of years back. And the outcry was so great that they wind up having to cancel it. They're like, Oh, we, we touched a nerve here because everybody's aware of it. And mostly because I think of that movie, 
Uh, and so for, for Zelensky to come out and say, oh, I think she should represent, uh, you know, Ukraine and help rebuild our schools. Well, you know, I, I wouldn't want that lady near a school at all teaching our kids, you know. Um, and so that's why I brought it up. It's just because it happened this week. And but that's a red flag. You know, if you are if you're a church, mm-hmm. I would encourage you to before you get your congregations to to be all let's uh, fight, you know, the world of communism and all that stuff. Uh, I would I would look at the things in Ukraine and the moves that are being made. And I'd look at even Putin's speeches. I mean, you hear Putin's speeches and he's, you know, he's quoting Jesus Christ by name and and uh, saying we hold certain values, you know, a man and a woman and and, you know, no, no other sexes. And, you know, these are traditional Christian values. And he had, you know, he has the church there right in the meeting with them. And, he, and he's very proud of uh, that direction that the, he's taking Russia. And then you look at Zelensky, who is an actor who actually played a president uh, at one point. Uh, but this guy's a crude uh, comedian. I mean, you know, j- just very inappropriate stuff. Um, yeah, and I've seen his stuff. And so you say, hmm, which one is 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 representing more? I'm not saying that uh, either of them are angels. But boy, I, I, if, I, if I were to judge on their policies right now, I would have to say that uh, I wouldn't support the, the war in Ukraine at all. You know, I mean, it's, it was, you know. Russia's been backstabbed by the by NATO. They, you know, they made a deal. Hey, we're not going to expand any further east, and we broke that deal. And you know, and they did their part. They let the Berlin Wall go down and all that. And so, you know, what, what's a person to do to protect their country? Biolabs. Well, I'm going to go back to Abramovich because she came on the picture with Zelensky this week. Last week. The Clinton Foundation, their World Foundation, uh, uh, showed up in um, in Ukraine, which for me was a big red flag as part of their recovery, wanting to put money in recovery. And so, when you get the two, the Abramovich and um, and the Clintons with their World Foundation helping out the children, it's a very frightening combination. Uh, for the children, because neither of those agendas is for the children. It's for the assets of the cabal and the Luciferian system that use children as their prime primary commodity. Yep. Yeah. Wow. You look at her at 73 years old. I just wonder how much adrenochrome she's taken to, to look like that. I don't know. I, I guess I shouldn't make those assumptions, but it does seem uh, seem interesting. Well, and, and the interesting thing here is that there's definitely this, I mean, we didn't put this association together with her and Ukraine. The, 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 the 80% of Ukrainians consider Zelensky to be responsible for corruption and what's going on in their country. And he's the one that wants America to have Marina Abramovich to be the ambassador for Ukraine. So they're making this connection. And then you actually look further into it. And, you know, you, you can see the stuff she's into, sprinkling blood and all this kind of wickedness that she's all a part of. And then you, I mean, if you just kind of look at what's going on, these are the things that are associated with Ukraine, uh, this kind of stuff. And then uh, this just happened in Canada. Um, the Canadian Parliament stood up and honored a 98 year war veteran of the Ukraine, who was a Ukrainian immigrant who was fought, who was fighting Russia in World War II. Um, they were on our side in World War II. 
So that means he was a Nazi. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. he was fighting for Hitler, and they're and inside of the Parliament of of Canada, they're cheering for him and treating him like because he fought Putin, you know, he fought Russia. He's somehow some sort of a a, a war hero. And, and this blows my mind away that now our Western civilizations are cheering on Nazis. <laughs> Man, I talk about people that do not know their history. I mean, that is just absolutely crazy. Uh, yeah, they, they did uh, end up apologizing for that when they realized that they were honoring a World War II Nazi um, supposed hero. Uh, so they they made a public apology in the the Canadian Parliament, but that was um, that was the reality of of who is leading uh, the Ukrainian league of uh, the fighters there now. So we, we've done quite a few shows on that. Yeah. Well, you know, the whole NATO thing is just, I mean, it's falling apart. People are are wising up to it. You know, I, I, I just saw something with uh, ultra MAGA. He did a coverage on Poland and, you know, this, this is the kind of stuff we need. We need people to stand up like, like Poland did. And so let me, uh, let me just share that. Cause I was really impressed um, with this. Oh yeah. Talking about immigration. Dear leftists. I'm very happy to take part in this debate about democracy in Europe. So let me give you some example of very major democracy in Poland over a thousand years of, of tradition of Polish nation. Polish nation rejected you dear leftists, eight times. Eight times in a row you have lost elections in Poland. So get used to it because you're going to lose again. That's number one. Let me give you some data about Poland and Polish democracy. The lowest unemployment in European Union is Poland. The highest GDP after COVID in European Union is Poland. One of the lowest debts in European Union is Poland. So don't give us this rubbish about the need of educated immigration, as we heard yesterday. We don't need your doctors. We don't need your engineers. Take them, take them all and pay for them. We don't need them. You know why? Because there is zero terrorist attacks in Poland. Why? Because there is no illegal migration in Poland. So don't give me this look. Don't give me this arguments about the populism because this is a fact. This is your data from Eurostat. So we don't need your engineers. We don't need your doctors. Take them. Do not teach us. Do not do not teach us about democracy because we know what the democracy is. So learn from Poland. Be like Poland. Thank you very much. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah, that's giving it to them, you know. Be like Poland. I mean, it, it, people are waking up worldwide. And, and I found that very encouraging that that was spoken to the, you know, the United Nations. I mean, right in front of the people that needed to hear it. So thank you, Ultra MAGA. Ultra MAGA. Uh, check this one out. People who do, do not want border security, because he's, he's actually talking about border security. He's talking yes. about illegal immigration. People that don't want immigration are the drug cartels, the human traffickers, the smugglers, the rapists. MS-13 and the Democrats. 
Yeah. And, and, and if you think about it, um, the Republicans aren't doing anything either. They're not stopping it either. They're not, they're just letting it happen and blaming it on the Democrats. So there we have um, some people that have some on both sides who have deep, deep pockets and also have uh, backward, backward, you know, backroom deals that have been made um, to allow this basically a complete invasion going on in America. Now to the point where the mayor of New York is saying that he usually can see a solution to every problem. He cannot see a solution to this problem and that New York is basically going to be destroyed by the amount of immigrants that are being, being let in. He changed his tune two years ago. He's like, bring them all in. We're, we're yeah. a sanctuary state. And now he's like, Oh no, wait, no. And, uh, you know, you you bad people in Texas. Why won't you let those people in your state? And now yeah. they're taking him up to uh, New York and he's changed his tune. And so obviously this is a major issue that's going on in our country right now. And I, you know, I, you know, we're still in the the, the time of, you know, remembering 9-11. I mean, just this month we remembered. And how many of y'all remember that it only took seven terrorists to blow up those buildings? And we're getting two million people a year basically coming across our border. How many of them are Chinese, Venezuelan, all these other countries? And how many of them are actually our enemies? Like which ones are, because it's very easy to put sleeper cells along the, you know, inside these large groups of people coming in that are many of them, mostly military aged men. So, you know, I, I can't believe that the Democrats would be for this and, and, and still for it, even on the month of 9-11, you know, when we're, when we're remembering what happened. And of course, you know, 9-11 was an inside job and there was more involved than just those seven terrorists, just like uh, these two million coming in every 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 year. You know, uh, there's more there's obviously government allowing it to happen. So, it's, yeah, it, yeah. And, and I think, yeah, I don't think what's coming across our border are doctors and engineers and highly qualified, uh, educated people that we might need the help for. We got some of those with Project Paperclip from the Nazi government after World War II, and they did not serve our interests because they brought their evil uh, agenda with them, and then they were embedded in the CIA, and that's what Out of Shadows really was sharing, was they were then given influential positions in Hollywood in uh, universities, in businesses, in banks, and in places of great influence, um, like the the media, obviously. And uh, so, what we see now is that the Biden administration—they've launched uh, an attack. It's just a different kind of warfare. It's a hybrid attack on our national security and our sovereignty, and they're using this weapon of mass migration and then the disinformation that uh, we don't even know what's going on at the borders and the person Kamala Harris who's supposed to be managing help managing it or Mayorkas who just hired so what 17 ex um, intelligence officers who are ex CIA people to to help um, uh, be able to help him with his intelligence of Basically, it sounded more like uh, domestic terrorists. They was going to be using them for spying on us wow. versus um, the, the people that are coming across the border. And so we know that we've got a very vulnerable, porous border and that it's a very weak security system. We're very vulnerable right now. And that uh, the invitation to refugees and asylum seekers to just come one, come all, 
come y'all because we will pay for it and we will give you our houses and our best land. There are even some cities being set up in, uh, in Texas and Arizona right now where they are offering the opportunity to vote uh, with just a social security card for these, um, their cities of migrants. Wow. But they're like housing projects that are nicer and they're, they're given jobs. And uh, it's um, things, things are happening that many of us don't get to see firsthand. But um, our borders are definitely a place of war. Wow. wow. Yeah, they definitely are. You know, you say that and they had a little clip uh, I saw and we know that was pretty powerful talking about, you know, this is there is a solution to it. There is a solution to it. Um, let me share that real quick if you want. I don't know. We can let's do that. I just called yeah. it up just now. Um, and, and Trump talks about what he would do. And I think it, it's pretty uh, pretty powerful. Here we go. Get to that. Physically, um, how? Look, okay, so for those listening, they're interviewing an MSNBC 2015. Here's his answer. And how exactly would you send these people back home? Physically, how? Look. We have to do what we have to do. And I'm not just talking Mexico. They're coming in from Asia. They're coming in from all over the world. Okay, conceptually, I understand what you're saying and what you're describing. But still, tell me the how. Are you going to have a massive deportation force? You're going to have a deportation force. Upon my inauguration, I will immediately terminate every open borders policy of the Biden administration and follow the Dwight D. Eisenhower model will carry out the largest domestic deportation operation in American history. So, I, I mean, there is definitely a plan that can happen, and uh, it seems pretty major, but, you know, that that gives me hope. And it's not that, you know, I'm not trying to be like, oh, this is a nationalistic, you know, things. I mean, he has let a lot of people in legally, a lot, Um I believe even more than Barack Obama did. Um, and so now what we have is just, you know, complete open border, massive, just everyone's pouring in. And so he's going to change that. And I think people are going to, people like in New York, and they're going to, they're going to hear this and they're going to say, we need to do that because we're not going to have a New York, you know, I mean, even the mayor's admitting that there is no solution. And so this is only going to play into his, his advantage, I believe. Yeah, it's interesting oh. in this whole campaign thing. I mean, here we are. We are 13. Next week, we go into October. We are 13 months from 2024 election. And uh, it's not, we know it's not going to be another four-year election. We know that there is so much at stake. And we know that there is going to be an acceleration of vitriol and exposure, um, kind of that... Uh, the the exposure and then the reaction to those embedded forces in the cabal in the deep state and those that are in the D party that are working out their 16 year um, plan because they know this is we we've talked about the zero sum game and so uh, to not really have heard too much of 
solutions from any other candidates, Trump is the one candidate that over and over and over again, he gives, and this is what I'm going to do. And and he was yeah. in South Carolina on Saturday at a rally. I believe it was Saturday. It was this weekend. And he said, as soon as I am in office, it, uh, I will start the largest deportation program in the history of our nation. And so he understands what's on the heart of the people, that the economics are there. You know, people are, are losing uh, their jobs. There were more uh, bankruptcies in the, this um in August, there were 18% more bankruptcies than in previous years. And uh, one of the, the concerns that um, the people of this nation have, 39,000 bankruptcies in August. And America's are defaulting in higher numbers in credit cards, auto loans. And right now, uh, I didn't know if you saw the 30-year fixed loan is 8.2% for a um, home loan i mean that mm-hmm. 8.2% and up. you know we've we've printed all this money 8 8 trillion dollars and what uh, somebody got like 1400 to, to help you out with your your economic uh, hardships and then the rest went to i don't know to friends or to yeah. or incentivizing something but friends uh, with so- benefits Yes. And the, the bad news of the economy is, is that, uh, you know, Trump does have, have a plan. He, he said that, um, that he had plans to rescue workers. He's going to bring back right away. He's going to start the drilling and the pipelines um, and to, to get ourselves um, petroleum and uh, energy independent once again, yeah. which saying three years ago we were and uh if we get back on track he's got he talked to the auto workers on this weekend um or even maybe today Today. about how important they are in detroit detroit must feel so abandoned um so this whole wreckage he uses the term trump uses the word bidenomics which was actually a slur against biden um, insulting him when it was first brought up um, in previous uh, <laughs> the original context, but Biden liked it so much. He he's now bragging about Biden Bidenomics as though it's a good thing that he's wow. brought he's helped the economy. Look, this good Biden Bidenomics. Don't tr- so- don't trust your eyes and don't trust your bills and don't trust your gas tank. Just trust what Biden and the White House are telling you is true. Yeah. yeah. And don't trust so, your kids with that man. Yeah, and the the not having a plan, there really are no solutions um, with with Biden or, or any other. I haven't heard real solutions given by any of the other Republican candidates because mm-hmm. right now they haven't put anybody else up against Biden. They've kind of said he's going to be the guy, but I don't think he's going to be the guy. And I know you guys don't think he's going to be the guy. They're mm-hmm. just trying to figure out how to get him out and bring in the next person. Yeah, exactly. So who do you think that next person could possibly be? Well, speaking of the next person, I would say um, there's a, guy who made a decision this week that it's actually good but i, I i'm i'm not uh i'm not for this guy but at least he did this uh 
Governor Newsom vetoes the AB 957 bill. And we're kind of talking about the good, the bad, and, and the quiet right now because we're kind of having a, a quieter week as far as news is concerned. Um, but but there's a lot to fight for. and But there's also some good things that have happened. Here's I would say one of the good things is is that there was like eight or nine really bad bills on Governor Newsom's desk. And this was the one of the worst of the worst, um, AB 957, which is basically giving um, – if there is a if there's parents who are in custody battle, if the one parent doesn't affirm the, the child's gender uh, feelings about being a different gender, then they prefer the other parent and they call it child abuse. They take them away from the, the loving parent who won't who won't affirm that chaos. So uh, Governor Governor Newsom uh, vetoed this bill. And I don't know about you. I called three times his office and I let him know, hey, you if you don't veto these bills. You you will. There's no chance you will get a presidency in this country someday because, this you know, I don't care what reason he decides not to do it. It's bad, really, really bad, horrendous bill. So I was willing to bring out the big guns and say, you know, like what I know he's thinking about, which is probably all he cares about is he wants to be a president someday. So, yep. Well, even a broken clock can tell the time twice a day correctly. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and there's a bunch of other bills. Like, um, there's this one here. These other these other bills right here that are pretty gnarly. Um, the, so the so nine five seven has been shut shut down, but state state sanctioned kidnapping at AB six six five, um, AB ten seventy eight, which is state usurping control from local school boards over the curriculum. AB5, training teachers to profile non-LGBT affirming parents, basically treating them like terrorists, like they're bad because they won't affirm kids in in the the insanity and anti-science. And then silencing parental free speech. Uh, All these codes here, if you want to scan them, you can scan them and go to see the whole bill. But those are are some of the ones that are on the desk right now for um, for signing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. But he's also... He's also uh, working against the gun lobby big time. I mean, he wants to call a constitutional convention to actually change the Second Amendment. That is a huge, huge act against the Constitution. Right. Um, just unbelievable, you know. In fact, um, there was a judge what this week who, uh, where is it? He um, he shot down California's ban on high capacity um guns i thought that was a, a good standard capacity magazines yeah he wants to shut down uh, so basically the the judge said no you can't do that those those are standard capacity magazines uh, 30 for 30 rounds for a rifle and 10 over 10 you know 15 or whatever rounds can be held in a pistol those are standard magazines and california banned them and they're the the judge said you can't do that that's against the second amendment yeah you have a one right here that is um, where here we go. Sorry, I got this thing here. Yeah, so this this right here is a thirty, and yeah. they put a they put a um, a rivet in the middle, so you can only get ten. Right. So this is what they call a magazine. <laughs> <laughs> so, a magazine. And That's speaking awesome. of that, and, and the reason why I brought that out was was because of of this I saw where he. Uh, President Trump visited Palmetto. I don't know if you've ever. Yeah, Palmetto. Yeah. I mean, everybody that, that has bought a gun is aware of them at least. Um, but yeah, it's like 
they, they showed this custom made Glock. And uh, so he's checking it out there. You could see. Zoom see in it. on that. Okay. So oh my gosh. There at Palmetto. And, and you can see it's like Trump's 45th. <laughs> and it's got his picture on there. And so he's there hanging out at, uh, at you know, State Armory in what, Somerville, South Carolina. Oh, right. So, so that's a famous uh, gun place. So. Yeah. Palmetto. Oh, yeah. If you want a Palmetto cheap Arms. price, I mean, they, they, they sell them by the thousands on everything. Um, you know, yeah. If you want to build a AR or whatever, they, they've, they've got, they've got it all. And they're, they're probably pretty much the cheapest out there, you know, yep. good service too. Yeah. Good so. service. Good, yeah, good prices. Decent, you know, pretty decent quality parts. Well, what Newsom said when um, the judge shut down uh, the, it, the, the, the decrease in the number of um, bullets okay. in the magazine. And Newsom accused the judge. I mean, the language he used was very inflammatory. And he said that the judge was an extreme right-winged zealot with no regard for human life. I mean, it just seems like the very first thing when somebody doesn't get what they want and they don't agree with the decision, they start labeling and they start calling names that are uh, very divisive, a right wing zealot with no regard for human life because he wanted to uphold the second amendment. So, I mean, the truth is that's what he was, he was supposed to do. He's supposed to go in and constitutionally evaluate whether or not this was even something that California could do constitutionally. And he basically said that, you know, the, the, it's a direct violation to the constitution. The California law is trying to ban gun owners um, just for these detachable magazines. And there's no American tradition of limiting ammunition capacity was basically his argument. And that, um, that really, if somebody needed more than 10 rounds, um, they should have the ability to stop attackers if they need that. And often 10 rounds isn't enough. Right. And so uh, the statute that the state actually was making was a bad statute constitutionally and practically for the purpose of being able to defend oneself. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why the United States Navy and the Navy SEALs switched to a nine millimeter uh, magazine because you can actually get hold more rounds in a nine millimeter um, pistol, like you hold 15 to 17 rounds. And it's better, they figured that it's better to have a smaller round that can have greater penetration that can actually have more more shots on target, chances to hit a target than to have um, bigger rounds that have less, less, less shots on target. So, you know, when you're defending your home, you're defending your family, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, if there's a, a riot, like I mean, I'm thinking of back in the day during the BLM where the, all those people swarm that guy in his car and another place where they swarm that guy on that truck, you know, if you need more than one, you know, more than a few rounds to defend yourself, you know, you, you need them. And it's, it's interesting too. I think you said this, Chris, that they, they try to um, make it about children. Oh, they're really against the children because people use guns, you know, evil criminals use guns to hurt people in schools and, and uh, gun friendly area or gun. What is it? Gun. Um, free zones. <laughs> yeah. Gun free zones is where yeah. people get shot up. And it's like, well, the, if you are limiting the amount of rounds that an American citizen 
can or a California citizen can you can have, then basically all the legal all the people who follow the laws won't have them, but the criminals still will, which puts you at again a disadvantage to the criminals. And if you're trying to defend children, I mean the only person that can actually stop a person with a gun is a, another person with a gun. And and the guy with the most rounds is probably going to be able to win out. So um, yeah, you to take away guns and, and rounds out of the hands of law abiding citizens does not make anybody safer. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was reading a study by um, it actually was being suppressed by the FBI that um, they they underreported the number of people that had prevented violent crimes by coming in uh, with the concealed carry and taking out the perpetrator. And it was like 18 times more than they actually stated. Wow. So of that information of how important it had been in um, preventing mass casualty incidences of mass shootings. Yep. I mean, if someone, go, if someone comes in to do something bad in a mass casualty shooting and they start shooting people, if it, they may kill two or three, but if someone else has a gun there, it, it's, it, it would be like, instead of them killing 30, they're only going to kill three because of a, a, a person with a gun. You know, so, uh, you know, a good, good guy with a gun stops bad guys with a gun. And like you said, the FBI statistics, actually the ones with that are uh, the unaltered statistics also overwhelmingly prove that. But it's interesting that you've able to find that the statistics show that they altered the statistics to make it even work, you know, to make it even not as uh, overwhelming. Wow. Yeah. 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 Well, I want to shift just a little bit because I had some exciting news that I read. And yeah, I think come on. Influence us just by setting the precedent. Arizona law they uh, they struck down the the legislation. The judge came in and struck down a law that keeps doctors from being sued for acts of negligence in treating the patients during the, these uh, this past state of emergency in Arizona for the COVID outbreak. So that would have been the period of time between March 2020 and March 2022 when the the emergency was declared. And so Arizona, like many states and uh, the nation, had a Senate bill 1377 that said that the doctors in the hospitals could not be sued for negligence. And so finally, uh, it was brought forward to a higher court and the old ruling um, totally eliminated the right for anyone who's a victim of ordinary negligence to have any sort of legal options at all, even if it's gross negligence. And so now they've taken that, um, they've taken down the Senate bill in Arizona so that people can now bring litigation against negligent doctors and hospital situations during uh, this COVID. And that includes um, the VAERS, the, the vaccine um, injuries and the forced vaxes probably. Uh, it's it's uh, hard to say what is, um, what is going to be seen, how busy the courts are gonna become, uh, but they also, this could go to businesses, people could be sued for, um, for forcing employees to do cer certain things in order to have their jobs um, functional. And that could be doctors and nurses that were required to 
take a vaccine just to maintain their their work if there was shown to be negligence and there was an actual injury some 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 sort of they had to show that there was pain and suffering you know i wonder if that's going to work itself up the ladder to the actual you know um companies that are responsible like the who and the cdc yes uh, pushing these hospitals because a lot of these hospitals are going to say we followed anthony fauci's protocols we yes, we yes. were told not to suggest any preventative any early treatments only the vax only the vax and all of a sudden we're getting sued for you know the vares uh, you know bad reaction to the vax and and people are dying and all that stuff and we just followed the protocols that you put on us I wonder if that's going to work itself up. Everybody going like this. Well, it's his fault. And I'm like, no, if you did something that was evil and against the, the Nuremberg trials and against the right to body autonomy, then you're going to be held accountable. And the person who told you to do it, both are going to be held accountable. I'm thinking of how many people died from remdes- from remdesivir, yeah. which was a known highly toxic um, medication that put people often into renal failure. So you look at those numbers alone, which was the yeah. recommended protocol by Fauci uh, that the uh, hospitals were using without the use of ivermectin or hydro- hydrochloric- hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> it's been, been a while since we've needed to say that. Um, so it will be so interesting, but I say it's good news because when you have one state do that quite often, it starts a domino effect. Yes. Especially if those cases go through and they find negligence because it's going to be like, well, these hospitals did exactly the same thing. And and these guys got convicted of negligence. I want to have my day in court and that could easily, uh, you know, like a house of cards, just come, come down for everybody in that industry yeah people- companies aren't you know that would have to pay out that the liability insurance companies aren't very happy about this obviously yeah. but oh well so sad bring it well, down i mean they took a hippocratic oath right so that oath is to the to their patients and before god and before people it's not to you know it's not to just follow the the rules of your particular um, you know, uh, hospital or, um, you know, the Kaiser or some of the, you know, their, their collective, your, the, my, my wife and others say things like this, you know, my, my license to practice is my personal license to practice. The, 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 the hospital doesn't give us the license to practice. That's goes with the individual who has done the work, you know, to, to fulfill the requirements to become a doctor and the, the hospital is just where you work at. So the, it's not like they they dictate what you can and can't do. But that's exactly what hospitals did. That's exactly what doctors did. And that, you know, whether you did it knowingly or not, whether you um, did it because you were told to or not, um, the doctrine of interposition is you do not follow unjust laws, even no matter how, no matter, no matter how much pressure you're put under. And uh, yeah. It, yeah, I think you're right, Ron. I think it's going to go back all the way back up the, the chain. Yep. Deep and wide too. Even the pharmacies, right? They were dictating what doctors can and can't do. It's like, what? You know, so I tried to go to the pharmacy. Into CVS with an ivermectin prescription and they refused, CVS uh, refused to fill it. So I went to Walgreens and Walgreens uh, refused to fill it. 
and it and it was a prescription from a legitimate doctor for, and i mean that's not what pharmacies do they're not supposed to diagnose what the doctor has done they're supposed to yeah. fill prescriptions that's their job you fill the prescription so they would help care for me well and you know what each of those pharmacies could be liable. I mean, you could literally go back and say they withheld care here, they withheld care there, and they could be liable. So, yeah. So, see, since it's out of protocol, I mean, there's nothing that says they could do that and they did it. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I think it is all part of a greater plan. I know we've talked about a lot of dark things, you know, with the, the, the border just completely overrun and, and you'd mentioned even the rhinos, uh, you know, and Republicans aren't doing much. Some of that might be that um, part of the plan is to allow people to see, you know, Trump had said himself, and it's been said on the cue boards as well. You know, you can't tell people you have to let them experience it and see it for themselves before they're willing to change. And I think people are changing um, every day. I'm finding more and more people, unlikely people. Um, that are changing saying, you know, I, I, uh, I see what's happening. I, you know, you look at New York, we talked about New York, how they're overrun. And, and even the mayor who just two years ago, like Brandon had said, you know, was saying, Hey, we're a sanctuary city. Let's, you know, we should all open up our homes and all that stuff. And now he's just like, we're overrun and it's going to destroy the city. I see no solution, you know, help. And, uh, and so, I think it is part of a plan. And speaking of that plan, there was a great, great um, interview on Elijah's streams uh, about a week ago. Oh, great. Yeah, you have it right up there. Elijah streams um, with this guy, Nick, Nick Alvear. And he was uh, on J6. Uh, he was at the Capitol. He actually was famous for smoking a joint in the Capitol. And he got like 8 million views because of that. Uh, this is a guy that makes a ton of movies. I think like in the last year, he made like 50 movies, like every two weeks he's pumping out a movie. And uh, I wouldn't mind showing just about 60 seconds just to give you a flavor. I, I have one uh, kind of loaded up if you if you want me to do that one. Yeah, go uh, for it. I'll just do that real quick just to give you a kind of a flavor. But I would encourage you to go to Elijah's streams and um, – and see this. So he breaks down the plan devolution, which we've talked about several times over the course of the years. And um, anyway, I'm just going to give you a flavor. So uh, we'll go with that. So he sets them up in acts one through eight. He likes his music. If Biden was actually president, would he extend a number of these executive orders that go against his lifelong policies? Ones created by Trump specifically meant for the takedown of the cabal? This is a perfect sign that shows the military is in control of a lot of what you are seeing. Biden's admin is nothing but a continuation of government but they're the side that's exposing their crimes to the public. They're destroying their system. They're all actors. The ones that aren't, they know what's going on. Continuation of government shows so. Biden has extended every single executive order with national emergencies and the executive order 13912 that federalized the National Guard and reserves to active duty. 
Every executive order has expiration dates. So why did he extend policies that don't align with his? Executive Order 13912 didn't set to expire until March 2022. Why did he extend it in 2021? He extended it again in 2022, which now makes the National Guard and Reserves on active duty till March 2024. The Space Force has never been uttered from Biden's mouth. The Space Force articles have never mentioned Joe Biden. The Army transferred all communications to the Space Force in August 2022 for one command. Who's that commander if Joe Biden has never been mentioned by the Space Force? Who established the Space Force as an independent military branch in 2019? Donald Trump. The Air Force did not give Biden the traditional ride into D.C. on January 20th, 2021. Guess who the Space Force is a department of? The Air Force. There's multiple documented pictures on the flight app of Coast Guard on Navy bases and Navy helicopters on Coast Guard stations. The Coast Guard is a Department of Homeland Security during peacetime. They operate under the Navy during times of war. Anyway, you get an idea, a flavor. And I mean, it was a really a great uh, uh, movie. I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed his, uh, his style, stuff like that. Um, some of the things I, I was watching, it was somebody that really didn't know much about any of this stuff. And so I, I could see where maybe this movie was uh, preaching to the choir, made some assumptions that we all are familiar with. But if you've never been red pilled or anything like that, you might be like, well, how do you get that conclusion? But it was a really good. I would go to Elijah Streams. Uh, or you could just go directly to uh, what good lion good TV. Lion. Um, but this one is free and, you know, he charges a lot for his other ones, but uh, Elijah, they on Elijah streams, they did an 18 minute interview and uh, then they went right into the movie. And so uh, Elijah streams dot, I think, org. Uh, let me check real quick. It's dot um, com. Elijah streams.com. Uh, Elijah streams is actually um, a guy named Steve, Steve Schultz, who interviews uh, a lot of prophetic voices. Um, and so if you're not familiar with that, those are people that uh, are in deep prayer a lot of times and the Lord will give them dreams or give them uh, visions and, and they'll share it. And so he, it's a platform where he'll interview those. And a lot of people like cash Patel on, and, you know, praying medic and, and uh, Derek Johnson, which this movie happened to be about the findings that Derek Johnson Johnson. had and and Cash Patel, John Stewart, I think is his name. It's a similar thing with devolution. Um, But, you know, so, so Steve will interview those, uh, those people as well. But uh, I find a lot of encouragement uh, even just this week. I mean, some of the, the, the visions that some of these people are having, it just, uh, I found it very encouraging and the, the office of, the prophet in the early church was, you know, there's a fivefold ministry. One of them was to help edify the, uh, the body. Mm-hmm. And I find that it edifies me. It gives me uh, hope. You know, I cautiously listen, you know, I, I, I don't just take everything I hear, but I, I look at it closely and I think we're supposed to do that. But um, you know, the word says that uh, God doesn't do anything unless he makes it known to the prophets so he kind of tells his game plan to people that are willing to listen and and have trained themselves to hear, and so this is a great place to to hear such um, such words of encouragement. And and what's neat about it is over the years, I've seen a lot of these things come true. 
And you're like, wow, he did describe that. And it did happen during this season that he said that he felt the Lord was telling him, you know, um, most of them aren't date pushers, but they definitely know when a season is upon. So anyway, I just wanted to kind of share that because that was uh, really encouraging just watching that movie and seeing the plan. And it's like, yeah, it does look like there is a plan in place. Mm -hmm. And Trump's talking about that, you know, and even in his uh, latest rallies, he keeps he's been saying it all along that, uh, you know, it'll be sooner than 2024. Things are going to change, you know, right. and uh, who knows what that means, you know, if that's going to happen sometime really soon or, or before, you know, that election. But he keeps saying that. And it's really interesting that he would say something like that. Yeah, and thinking that there's a plan doesn't mean that we don't do things. So uh -huh. um, no. General Flynn and uh, Clay Clark, they have both been very loud and President Trump himself about we solve this at the local level. We um, we think globally, but we act locally. And yeah. so we take back our our school boards. We um, we talk to our neighbors. We get involved in our local central committees. We get on our government uh, boards and we we uh, pour into candidates that are good candidates so that they're not out there by themselves. Many Republican candidates in our state of California, they do not have much financial backing and they don't have a lot of people helping them. They're working their, uh, their tails off. And so find some really good um, candidates that are MAGA candidates or that are not rhinos and that are going to work there towards making a shift and get behind them and be part of their team. Yeah. I love that, Chris, you know, what you said, you know, thinking globally, but acting locally. That's one of the reasons why we started wake the bear is that we, we started on a, a local radio station. We started speaking out locally. We started doing shows. Um, we've been going to school board meetings. We've been getting on councils and water boards and, and, and fire, you know, committees, these are the ways that we actually, as Christians, bring the kingdom of God to the seven mountains of culture, education, government, military, church, home, families, these, these mountains, entertainment, these, cult, these, these mountains of culture. We're called as Christians to bring the kingdom of heaven to each, each and every mountain of culture. And really, um, I, I was having a conversation. I was actually on the streets on, of Santa Cruz on Friday night and talking to, another, uh, to a guy that's not a, not a Christian yet. And, you know, he was asking about, you know, all, all these other these big things. And I said, well, really, what it comes down to is it is, is, is the, the most important thing is, is you and me right here in this conversation. Do you know Jesus? Do you realize you're made in the image and likeness of God and you're wired to know him? You're wired to have a relationship with God. And and do you, have you committed to following him and believing upon him for salvation? That's the most important thing is that you have a relationship with God through Jesus. And now you'll produce beautiful works that bring freedom to other people because freedom is now inside of you. So I was, and I was pointing out, listen, we can talk about global politics and all the vaccines and all that kind of stuff, but what are we loving our neighbor? Mm -hmm. Are we serving our community? Cause that's how Christians bring change to culture as we bring the light of God. And, you know, you know, we, wherever we go, I mean, Chris, I mean, Ron, you were in, uh, 
Malawi. Malawi. Yeah. Malawi. And you were bringing the light of God to Malawi. And it made people in, that you work with go, wow, why are you doing this? Like it said, you know, the scriptures tell us, let your light so shine before men that others see your good deeds and glorify your father who is in heaven. So getting active in your community and not just sitting at home watching football. Yeah, I love football, but getting out there and going to the school board meetings and getting engaging with your neighbors and sharing the gospel with people and just literally giving a chance for your light to be seen rather than hidden under a bushel, but to be open. That's how we make change in our, our country. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I think uh, with that, we should probably start to close. It's been a, a good, a good show. And I'm glad all three of us are together uh, to be able to do the show together for, for our audience. Uh, and so anyway, that was good. Any yeah. closing thoughts? Yeah. Just keep being the light, waking people up. Come join yep. us on Friday night, the 29th at Convergence to watch Out of Shadows. Out of Shadows, yes. Walk in love. This has been Wake the Bear Radio on KSCO. 1080 on your AM dial. Oh.